because I feel very privileged to have had this life. Um, when I was young, we used to go back to India and I had a few like seminal experiences where, you know, I witnessed police brutality, I witnessed a lot of poverty and I thought, how is it that I've been managed to be born in a place like Perth? Welcome Startup West, the podcast about building scalable startups in sunny Western Australia. My name is Danelle Cross. And I'm Charlie Gunningham. And before we start, we'd love you to subscribe to this podcast, tell everyone about us and give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps others find us. So here we go. And this time we're talking with the founder of The Difference, Zara Torre. How are you, Zara? I'm great. Thanks, Danelle. Thank you for having me. So good to have you here. So can you briefly tell us about The Difference, what it does, how long it's been going and where you're with it now? I'd love to, yeah. So The Difference is Australia's first mobile app that allows you to round up your spare change with every transaction and give the difference to a charity or a cause that's Um, on our platform. So we've been going for just a couple of years in a beta form, but we launched officially in 2020. So it's super exciting. We're still definitely in that. Uh, startup phase. Startup phase, yeah. And where did the idea come from? Mm. So the idea came to me while I was walking down the street and I kept getting stopped and asked for spare change. Uh, um, in fact, yeah, usually by someone um, sleeping rough and I, right. I'm the kind of person that would give anything that I can to help someone else out, as mm. most of us do. Mm. Mm. Um, and I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where mm. you kind of have to even go to a cafe to buy something to actually break a note. Because who has spare change? Has spare change? Nobody has days. changed. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, look, I'm that typical millennial. I probably not had cash for about four years. I do all the pay passing, the Apple Pay Um and mm. I make most of my purchases online. So yeah. the idea just kind of sprung to me. I thought, why isn't there an app that allows me to use that spare change to actually make change for others? So I thought, who do I use know that can do spare change to make change. Oh, no, there's That's a tagline right away. Yeah. <laughs> Good line. I love it. I love it. <laughs> why, and you looked around and you found there was nothing like this anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. We did a bit of a landscape study and we kind of thought, why isn't anyone else out mm. there doing this? Um, but people are familiar with Roundups, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely point-of-sale Roundups through Meyer and Cotton On. Yes. And that whole behavioural nudge theory kind of works really well for people. You know, mm. if somebody says, do you want to give an extra dollar to, to buy this, most people don't actually want to say no. They'll say right. yes. Yeah, of course. And so I thought, why can't we just do this recurring and make it scalable? Um, and so that's what we've done with and the difference. how was that? achieved how did you do that how did you start do you come from a tech background do you code what no i do not (laughs) i am probably a very un tech savvy person yeah what is it's not even a word is it but (laughs) it is now it is is now i'm tech savvy person yeah yeah yeah, the opposite of tech savvy but i i'm one of those people that i'm always fascinated by um by things I love learning and mm. I have a lot of friends luckily that are developers and coders so I reached out to them immediately people within my networks and I said this is what I want to do can we create it um let's try and do this and then we we also had support from a lot of different people and in industry specifically the University of Western Australia right. helped us out yeah okay. so, so- Okay, so you can code it. Coding it is one battle, but you've got to get the charities on board. Mm, you've got to right. get the retailers on mm. board. No, we don't actually get retailers on oh, board. So the way okay. that it works is we actually integrate with people's bank account and uh-huh. and then once you've linked your bank account, 
you're rounding up seamlessly and effortlessly without even thinking. Yeah. So originally, you're right, Charlie, that's exactly how I thought it was going to be. I wanted it to be like a pop-up on people's um, online shopping browser. Mm. Mm. And so you'd be prompted to actually round up at the till. But then we had to approach so many different retailers mm. And a lot of them don't want you to have any step that's an impediment to that whole process. Mm. So that became the barrier. So we thought, how else can we do it? So, yeah, necessity is the mother of invention. So we Mm. thought there's a new, there's a different way that we can do it. And that's through integrating through the banks. So I go to where to get started? So you download, yeah. So if you look up the difference org, we're available, um, our current platform as both an Android and iOS app. we're in the app store. The Difference Org. That's correct. Right? Yeah. Yep. On any app store. If you type in the store. difference, there's a lot of little games that will come uh, up. <laughs> um, right. But I, yeah, the Difference org. org. And mm-hmm. you download the app, you link your bank account, and then whenever you're shopping with that bank account, you're rounding up in the background. So I'm buying something for $37 and I might want to go, well, I'll make it 40 and I'll give $3 to charity. It's rounded up to the nearest dollar, so anything Um, non-denominational. So a little bit like Raise. I don't know if you're familiar with the platform called Raise. So they were called Acorns in the US and it's a similar thing. Um, It's rounding up but not to give, it's rounding up to invest. So, yeah, you you download the app and then you link your bank and then with that particular transaction card you're always um, rounding up to the nearest rounding whole dollar. Yeah. So you're always giving less than a dollar. Less than a dollar yeah. every, every time transaction. you do it. So it's yeah. almost not noticeable, but I suppose that can add up. It really does add up. Yeah. And make a difference. And make a difference. And many uh, people. Brilliant. <laughs> and can you choose the charities or where you give to? Well, initially I wanted to make it possible for people to mm-hmm. choose any charity, but I've that's my background. I've actually come from the charity sector. Mm. And I think we did a lot of research into our our ideal user, and most young people are actually quite distrusting of the modern Mm -hmm. charity system in Australia. They see that there's a lot of waste. And I think Mm -hmm. even in the the time of COVID, we've actually seen how maybe charities don't need necessarily massive offices. There are definite ways that you can rationalise costs. And a lot of people feel like that there's a model out there where only 5% of the dollar actually reaches that target. So our whole goal with The Difference is actually empowering good charities. Mm -hmm. So being a kind of vetting platform that users can come on and see every charity that's on there is responsibly spending their dollar, you know, 80% of that funds is going directly to their beneficiaries. So they get that knowledge um, that Mm. that spare change is actually having impact. Mm. And that was a really um, important part for us because it aligns strongly with our values about being um, super lean, yeah, Mm, and only empowering those lean organisations. And how's it going? Can you share how many people, how much money has been given away or any any sort of stats on how it's going since you launched in 2020? Yeah, well, we've launched in 2020 and we've now got six charities that are on our platform. Mm -hmm. So we've got over 1,200 users that are on there and we've given away over $10,000 to different charities. So we're still in that early stage Mm. because it's just... Well, obviously, it's small change to begin with, but literally, um, yes, yeah. <laughs> in I mean, in Australia, I guess the biggest goal is the fact that there's the average millennial will make about eleven point three card transactions a day. Um, so if really, you, wow, yeah, oh, how many do you make? Oh, not <laughs> less that than <many>. that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's according to the RBA. So yeah, it's wow. really got an 
an impressive um, ability to generate mm, massive to scale. impact. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what about competitors? Are there any other competitors in this space? There, there the are obviously roundups to invest. There's yeah. roundups to save, but there's no one else that's doing rounds mm. up, roundup to give to give at the moment. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. And this can't be your full time gig then. This is something you do on the side, or. Well, it's not providing you with an income, so it's no, no. it's not at this stage, but it is definitely something that I want to do. Um, so I've had to supplement it with, um, my original job, which is as a dentist. Yeah, really? Yes, okay, so you're still doing that. I am doing that a little bit. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) I can't imagine how anyone would love that. I, I think, how can you do that? I Oh, it's the really? best of both worlds. Is it's it? like for someone that's sciencey inclined and also loves beautiful things, you get to create something kind of beautiful, okay. uses physics, chemistry. I don't know. I love it. I'm it's a good real nerd. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's really hard to say, like, is dentistry my side hustle? No. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not. It's it's something that I love doing, but the difference is something that is, you know, when you find your ikigai, the reason mm. that you're here, I feel like this is what the difference is for mm. me. It's something right. that I know I was kind of born to do. Mm. Um, it combines all my loves and all my passions um, and it's something that I think the world really needs. It's going to change the way that people give. It's going to change the way that we shop as well mm. by kind of embedding a little bit of goodness into every transaction and mm. and that's what I see for the difference in the next coming That's years. Great. Mm. And can people, so I'm going to go and download this app because I've heard about it. And mm, used it. So am I. And I start giving, you know, rounding up to a dollar. It does it automatically, right? Rounding mm. up to a dollar, rounding up to a dollar, exactly. goes to these charities. And then for my tax time, does it then say, well, you've given this much to this charity? Exactly. And it's yeah. tax deductible? So I guess that's a part of our unique selling proposition is that we're the, we're a registered charity and it was really important for uh, me mm. so that we can provide those tax receipts to all the donors. So if you were giving your spare change on the street, you'd never be able to equate all that amount right. you're yes. giving away. And so we wanted users to have that ability to come on and off the platform to give all this loose change and then at the end of the financial year they'll get all the tax receipts for that and it's all automatically embedded in the app. Mm, and nice. to have it all together. I find nice. that yeah. such a pain to have all these, you know. Okay, find- everybody listening, download the difference <laughs> org, org. The different org and start mm-hmm. using it. Thank you. Yeah, why not? Goodness mm, me. Absolutely. That makes sense. And you had not done a tech business before or an app business before. You were brand new to this. I was brand new to this. Um, So, I mean, it can sound like I was definitely a little bit green, but the thing about me is I'm totally risk averse as a person. So part of my MO is always to learn as much as I can Mm. about something while I'm doing something. So I just try to surround myself with people that have done businesses before and have them on my team to be mentors. So our development team was run by a a friend of mine who's run businesses before. Um, Our tech lead has also been, had his own app development agency. So I'm definitely not the tech one in the the group, Mm -hmm. but I'm more around the charity side and the vision side and the team side. You must have had a lot of learnings. What are some of the learnings Mm. from Mm. that you can share to other startup founders that you wish you'd known? when you started the biggest thing for me that I wish I'd known is about self-care okay (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. I think like when you've got this great big idea and you know you're going to change like a particular industry or, or in my case you want to change the world, it can be so exciting and you can like sort of pound the really late nights just, you know, thinking about every aspect of your business. But then you can rapidly get burnout if you mm-hmm. don't take time to actually look after yourself. And so mm-hmm. I would probably say to people to just make sure that they take time to really look after themselves because you can't drive a team, you can't drive a group of individuals to stay motivated to that goal if you yourself as a leader are not looking after yourself. And Mm. I think I I forgot that. I didn't realise that. Interesting. So it wasn't anything technical that you've learned. It was the fact that you had to look after yourself. Mm. Yeah, a bit spiritual, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's good. Good advice. Yeah, a bit deep. Yeah, but I mean the technical (laughs) side, I've been to some coding workshops. Right. Um, I've I've tried doing that and then I realised, look, that is not my jam. That's really Mm -hmm. not where my skill set lies. Outsource. Yeah, so definitely. So, Zara, you started the business in the middle of COVID, but just pre-COVID? Mm. Yes. Is that yeah, correct? That's yeah. correct. So. And, and I, I, you know, people's spending habits have changed, particularly online habits have changed during COVID. Do you think that's contributed to some of your success too? Absolutely. Mm. Like in the APAC region since COVID, like online payments are up 300%. Mm. Um, people are kind of stranded at home. Obviously, they're still making purchases um, and you know, more so than usual. Mm. So I see that the difference even now has far more relevance than it did when it was just an idea mm. um, because it's so automated and it's something that could easily be embedded into every kind of payment yeah, without thinking for the mm. average person. Yeah. Mm. And what are your goals with the difference, like next five years? In the next five years, we just want to build out our team and mm. we also want to expand our current product and offering. So at the moment we're, we're a mobile app, but we're we're making a desktop version which is going to be released in the next couple of months mm-hmm. and we're also wanting to expand overseas. But, um, yeah, the, the main thing, I'd see in five years that we would be a global leader for giving, mm. um, that it would be something that people kind of think about naturally in every part of their transaction mm. that, you know, like Afterpay, a little icon that could be right. there for every time you're shopping, that we would just be mm. the vetting platform for actually allowing people to funnel money responsibly and sustainably. So yeah. I think being something to do with banking, something to do with giving, it's so important to build trust. So um, that's been really important for us is building trust in the community, trust with and the relationships with our charities. Um, so, yeah, I see us being a global leader for, mm. for giving and changing the way that we think about shopping as well. Yeah, making it mm. easy to give. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Hi, just jumping in here to give a shout out to our wonderful sponsors. Without these, we would not be able to bring you this podcast or do what we do at Startup News either. So we want to thank Startup News who produced the Startup West podcast. Go there and subscribe, please. Spacecube Coworking Spaces, where we also record this pod down here at Riff in the city. The New Industries Fund, who give funding, advice and support all year round. Curtin University, who have been a long-time supporter of innovation entrepreneurs in WA. The City of Perth, where we also record this pod, also a great supporter of the tech scene. RSM, who came on board last year and who helped many startups with R&D tax returns and other advice. Dinner Twist, a WA startup itself, 
who has actually been on the podcast and just wanted to help out. So please, if you bump into any of these organizations and the people that run them, say thanks and go use their services. That's the best way to say thanks. Okay, now back to the show. Okay, we're back. So can Zara, can we now take you back through your career from your own schooling? So are you WA Perth born and raised? I am, yes. Yeah, but um, my parents are Indian migrants, so they came here in the 70s to study and Mm -hmm. uh, my brother and I were born in Australia and raised here in Perth, yeah. Awesome. So I'm definitely local. And school? Where did you go to school? I went to a school called St Mary's, which is an amazing school in Karanup. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I was really privileged to have such a great education. Um, And then since then I've been studying at the University of Western Australia, Mm -hmm. I kind of consider myself a bit of an eternal student. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So I've done dentistry, I did law and international relations. I had these great big ambitions that I was going to work for the UN or the World Trade Organization Mm. and then life kind of got in the way. (laughs) Um, Then I've done a Master's of Public Health and I've spent a lot of time doing international aid projects as well as managing a few local projects in the non-for-profit space. So, wow. Fabulous. Yeah. How have you managed to do all that? And dentistry and... Because <laughs> I don't sleep. I kind of operate at right. a bit of a frenetic pace. It's amazing. Um, and then I did a um, post-grad study in social impact. So, yeah, my whole, I guess, raison d'etre or reason for being is because I feel very privileged to have had this life. Um, when I was young, we used to go back to India and I had a few like seminal experiences where, you know, I witnessed police brutality. I witnessed a lot of poverty and I thought, how is it that I've been managed to mm. be born in a place like Perth with the highest amount of millionaires per capita? Mm-hmm. And it's, it is, it's a real bubble. I think mm-hmm. we probably know mm-hmm. that when mm-hmm. you think about what's happening in the rest of the world. Right. So I've had that kind of innate sense of how do I Um, live this life and how can I best give back? Mm. So I've always tried to manage both things that I do for myself um, with things that I can do in the community. And I'm proud. I spent a good seven or eight years doing overseas projects and a lot of them are still continuing, like mobile medical units in India and then some local stuff here in Perth that I'm really Mm. proud of. Um, So the difference for me is kind of like a bit of a natural extension of that, trying to do something broad scale, as big as possible, how can we help create mm. systems change for people? Um, so, right. And at, at St Mary's, did you show sort of leadership potential? Were you captain of the hockey team or debating <laughs> society or what oh. were your favourite subjects? I presume science if you're into dentistry. Mm. Yeah, I loved physics. I loved chem. I also loved English literature. Oh, I was right. a complete nerd. I'd put my hand up for everything like chess. I was an okay. avid like Australian chess player, I um, Australian I did, chess player. Yeah, yeah. I won. I won the girls as, as well. I won. I I've been overseas for chess. I've done wow, a lot awesome. of chess. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is now a thing that you can it admit. Is a thing. Things the, I know. The cool thing. Thanks now. to the Netflix <laughs> exactly. drama. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I was a total nerdlinger. Mock trials, debating, basketball, Good. tennis. I just did everything. Did everything. Yeah, yeah. I was a prefect on a society, but I don't know. I, I don't think I was that entrepreneurial kid that set up a lemonade stand to make a quick buck. Right. But I was the person Definitely that loved leadership. to stand yeah. up and talk about something. Mm. And that's something that natural kind of curiosity for systems and things is definitely a part of who I am. I'm always asking questions mm. like, how can we do this? Should we be doing this? Can we do this better? Mm. What's the quickest shortcut to get there? And 
it informs the way that I live um, so I can get so much more done in the day. But for the difference, it's really helped us sort of rapid prototype, fail quick, think about new things and keep pushing forward. So, yeah. So after Sir Mary's UWA dentistry? Yeah. And that's that's quite a number of years. It's five years yeah, doing five dentistry. Years. Yeah. And then after that, while I was working full time as a dentist, I studied law. Yeah. Goodness gracious. <laughs> How do you fit it all in, Zara? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really just always wanted to do something big. Mm. And um, I'm glad I've done everything because everything's kind of been a stepping stone to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And now when I look back on my life, I think, oh, it makes a lot of sense. Mm. I think mm. there was a time there my parents were really worried about me. They. <laughs> I thought <laughs> she doesn't really know what she's doing, but um, <laughs> blasting out in well, all she's directions, doing everything. Yeah, the, I mean, I read a Harvard Business Review article that said millennials have twelve professional changes in their lifetime. So, and you thought um, you better be well um, educated in for all those twelve different careers <laughs> yeah. at the same time. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I do. Yeah. So you finished a law degree. What What did you? Yeah, do? I did. What yeah. on top yeah. of everything else? Yeah, You've done a law degree. I have, But yeah. you haven't practised law. No, I haven't practised law, no. So I could see you as a humanitarian mm. lawyer later in life. Mm. Oh, Yeah, definitely. I, I'm Al Clooney or something. I could see it in the, in the, dis- in the difference. Yeah. Uh, well, I feel like the difference is enough now. Um, there's so much going on with it. It's, mm. it's definitely a way that my skill set has been utilised completely, like in governance, in like establishing a charity mm in establishing the right structure, getting the mm-hmm. right people involved. I think that kind of granularity was so important. So and you have a couple of kids, are you right? I boys? do. I have two boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aged. Fabulous. They're age six and nine. So Jacob they and take a bit of time. They do, yeah. They do. They're amazing. <laughs> I think two boys is like having four kids. Right. <laughs> Rough <laughs> and tumble. Yeah, Probably. things get broken. <laughs> R- Raphael and? Jacob. Jacob. Okay, yeah. so six and nine. So is there any advice or experience that you could give to other um, Perth startups? Mm. I would probably say to, yeah, surround yourself with the right people Mm. and surround yourself with the smartest people in the room, Mm. people that um, know more than you. And I think I probably didn't do that initially. I think it's a really common probably failing with startups is maybe they reach out to their own networks and there's a sense of fear of like reaching out to people Mm. that have been successful. But I think the more you do have those coffees mm-hmm. um, with people that have done things in industry, different industries from your own, and learn from them, and the quicker you do learn, um, the easier it will be yeah. on your own journey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And anyone that you admire from a um, startup or business perspective here or anywhere that you yeah. look up to? I really admire um, Olivia Humphrey. Oh, I don't yeah. know if she knows that I have a massive fangirl crush on her. Yeah. Well, she's fantastic. <laughs> I think she's amazing. Um, what she's done with Canopy is such an incredible success story and the fact that she's Perth-born and also mm. a mother. And, um, and you took- can go back and listen to the podcast earlier episode. We had her on last year. Oh, did you? So there you yes. go. So start up West. That's right. Go and have a look. Olivia Humphrey. We yes. did. Up the whole story. Yeah. So I heard her speak here since she's returned from the mm. US mm. and the way that she managed to scale her model and it was really similar to what we've done at The Difference with being sort of self-funded mm-hmm. um, and just really proving that you have a workable business first. I'd never wanted to take 
money or funding until I could prove that because I always thought in the back of my mind this could be money that could go directly to the charities. So Mm. unless I can prove that we're the right people to do this and this is actually workable, Mm. I won't take funding. So I'm really proud of doing that and building that out now to the point that we're at. Yeah. Have you met Olivia? You like had a coffee and stuff? And I have. Great. Yeah. She's she's lovely. Yeah. yeah. I probably need another coffee with you her. Do. Actually, it's been a long time. Mm. And she's entrepreneur in residence at Curtin. She's she EIR not? at Curtin. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. Doing some great mm. work, particularly in um, supporting female founders in Western Australia at the moment. She's doing amazing work. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm. I think that is harder for female founders in many mm. ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To Why do you think? I think like we possibly have a natural tendency to like maybe denigrate ourselves right. and not step up and not speak out. It's not some of those, um, yeah, I don't think it comes as naturally for some females. To push yourself forward. Yeah, mm. and to put mm. yourself out there. But um, I think mm. she's speaking really candidly about some of the challenges that female founders face. So it was great talking with her mm. before. That's why I found her so admirable. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Tremendous. Yeah. yeah. And five years' time, where would you like the difference to be? I would love the difference to be a household name Mm. and for us to be, um, yeah, as ubiquitous as Afterpay. Mm. I want it to be something that people see as an icon that they know and they can trust um, and they feel confidence that their money is going to empower a really worthy cause organisation out there. I see it as a way of connecting shopping to social good. Mm. So imagine Mm. if everything that you bought in the background could channel all this spare change, but hundreds of millions of dollars to sustainable Mm. projects like you're paying a water bill but you're empowering a clean water project in Africa, you're Mm. buying a pair of jeans, you're helping a local domestic violence shelter. It's about connecting those causes for people. And I think in Australia we spend so easily, I know that I can just turn on my Instagram Mm -hmm. and start shopping and buy Mm -hmm. something without even Mm realising. And I kind of want those thoughtless moments to actually become powerful Mm -hmm. and purposeful and I think that's what the difference will become, yeah. Mm -hmm. How did you get it all working with the banks? Because they're notoriously hard to deal with. So how did they allow you to connect in with their bank? We work through secure APIs that already have the established relationships with banks. And now as the open banking standards are coming in, it's going to become a little bit more easy, in fact. Yeah, but that was a a huge hurdle. That was a challenge to start with. Yeah, yeah, and that kind of slowed us down in a number of different ways in the first few iterations of our prototype. But if I give 75 cents in change to a domestic violence shelter, do they get the 75 cents or is the bank taking something? Is Is there something in the transfer that clips some money off or does it all go to the charity? Yeah, so the way that it works is we kind of aggregate the data uh-huh. and from every transaction we wait till it gets to a critical point right. before we do the actual payment transfer and then we use um, PayPal s- subsidiary Braintree to authorise the transaction. But, yeah, initially that's a really common question that people mm. ask. You know, if it's 13 cents, sometimes the transaction fee is higher than it's that. It's higher than that, yeah. Yeah, so we wait till it gets to that critical mass before we gotcha. push it. So there's two parts to it. There's the um, the data scrape and then there's also the payment pushing and at the end. Just before the end, um, we're going to go into a rapid quickfire round to end uh, Zara, you have your own podcast. Do you want to give a quick shout out to that? What's yeah. your podcast? Well, we've got the Difference Podcast, which is a podcast for 
game changers of and course. change makers. And we actually talk to a number of different people that are involved in the charities that we support, but also that are um, tech startups. So we've spoken with, um, yeah, other startups that are doing things that are a little bit different, uh, other disruptors out there. So the Difference Podcast. If That's you look right. for that on a Fantastic. podcast platform, right? Yes. We'll hit that up as well. Yeah. Yes, Perfect. please do. Awesome. So we're going to have our rapid fire round now, okay. Zara. So first question from me, if you were to wave your magic wand over the local startup scene, what would you wish into being? Oh, that's a tricky one. I think in WA, um, uh, reluctantly, oh, sorry, this is supposed to be quick. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. Go for it. It's fine. (laughs) Um, I feel like we're a little bit risk averse despite the amount of capital that's here. Mm. I really would love the startup scene to maybe spend – Um, more time investing in the founders, not just money, time, because that's what the founders really need. They need that coaching and they need that skills. Mm. So I think, yeah, that Mm -hmm. would be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, what we normally ask is what's the next best thing you're going to do, but you've sort of answered that. Mm. So I'm going to skip to what's the single most important factor that makes a successful startup? I think team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good team around you. Yeah. Good team, everyone having um, complementing skill sets, yeah. um, great communication channels and probably using every of those platforms known to man, Jira, mm. Asana, yeah. texting, WhatsApp. <laughs> I feel I get bombarded but then we're so positive with one another. I think, yeah, we really lift each other up. Mm. So team is 100% yeah. the most important thing. Yeah. So what's your ask? How can anyone listening help you? Well, they can go to the App Store or go to Google Play, download the Difference Org app and start making change with us. That would be the first thing. Start making change with us. I love it. (laughs) So many, so many lines. And um, is there a passing message you want to leave our listeners with, apart from going and downloading your app? Um, Oh, the message I would say is that if you're a startup founder, keep going, believe Mm. in yourself. Um, Nothing happens as quickly as you think it does and um, just keep having that tenacity to keep going back to it, especially and go back to that why of your vision. Um, But for anyone else that's maybe not a startup founder, I'd just say, um, yeah, that it might feel like the world's kind of overwhelming. There's a lot going on with COVID and there's a lot of problems out there, but it doesn't actually take much to change the world. It's only, it starts with each of us mm. and um, it starts with you if you're listening out there. So you can do it. Excellent. Absolutely. Thank you, Zara. It's been fabulous to speak to you and hear more about the difference. I can't wait to, mm. first on Get my list, it. to go and start using it after this. So we would like to wish you and all your team the best for the future. And also thanks to our sponsors. The Startup West podcast is produced by Startup News and is made possible by the support from Space Cubed Co-working Spaces, the New Industries Fund, Curtin University, the City of Perth, RSM and Dinner Twist. And we recorded this podcast at the Riff Podcast Studios in beautiful downtown Perth, Western Australia. Don't forget to subscribe to Startup West on your favourite pod platform so all our latest episodes wing their way to your feed automatically like magic. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks, Zara. Thank All the you. best. Oh, my gosh. Thanks so much. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so tense. <laughs>